subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Let's bring in our guy, Richard Davenport, now into the program. Richard, to the topic I just kind of opened this segment with, how does that work for not just Sam Pittman, but the rest of the staff when when talking to these guys either have committed or trying to commit when they go through a losing streak like this? Well, you know... Obviously, you talk about the games in the past week and the game coming up, and uh, you, put, you also hit on how how they're playing, uh, you know, their season, uh, how their family's doing. So there's a little bit of a little bit of everything that you kind of hit on. It's, it just depends on the kid, uh, what what's going on with the kid, uh, family wise, uh, you know, personally, how school doing, and things like that. But I mean. It, Hey, you just try to keep them on board and and just let them know that uh, hey, we're you know we're, we're, we need you and you're, you're the reason why we're recruiting you to uh, to help us uh, improve and and obviously I think that they probably go over the game a little bit and and you know kind of discuss the pros and the cons and and uh, especially at their position uh, uh, and just talk about uh, what happened on that Saturday and then uh, you know discuss how they're going to attack Ole Miss on Saturday. Richard, we looked at the schedule from just a sole toughness standpoint on the field, but I wonder for off the field, the inability to bring kids on campus for four straight weeks. I mean, how tough is that on a staff? It's tough because you're usually talking about, hey, uh, you're, you know, uh, you're trying to get them on campus, and then you can't get them on campus for for quite some time. Obviously, you can plan ahead, but uh, that's 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 a that's that's definitely a disadvantage. Just just from the standpoint, what, what if it's a kid that uh, says, "Coach, hey, I'm available this weekend uh, or, or, or on this date, and you're out of town." Uh, and then the coach says, "Well, what about the you know next two or three weekends?" And and uh, a he may have already dates set for other other visits. So uh, to 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 be on the road like that uh, for that long is uh, obviously quite unusual, and, and it's not ideal for uh, you know getting guys on campus. Obviously, and it's not ideal trying to line up. Uh, visits i mean obviously you try to line up visits uh, ahead of time but i'll be honest with you a lot of times kids make last second decisions sometimes and uh and if they they say well coach i can come this weekend well we're not we're not at home but uh it's it's uh it's something you you obviously plan ahead and work around but at the same time it's it can be difficult just because kids uh you know that they they have an open date and and you're not there. And I just wonder, you know, that, that last date with Missouri being Thanksgiving weekend, you know, how available kids really are. I mean, I know for, for some, you're, 
your high school season's over. For others, you're in the playoffs, but it's also a, a family weekend where other you know, got other obligations, and you only got two other dates in November than the one in October. So it really puts a lot of pressure trying to fit the, the pieces of the puzzle together to get people on campus for the experience. Yeah, you know, so you know, if you, if you're a family in in the region, it's not it's not too difficult. Uh, even though a lot of times, you know, families kind of like to, you know, have uh, several days of, of being together uh, beyond uh, Thanksgiving. So sometimes a, a mom, you know, mom usually makes the decision on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> we know that, and uh, well, no, aunt, uh, aunt. Uh, Aunt Betty and uh, Uncle Ray, uh, they, they came all the way from, you know, so-and-so, and, -so and uh, you, you're, you're, you're going to stick around here, and we're going to spend some more time with them over the next few days. I think that could obviously could be a little difficult, but uh, for the most part, they, they still have a pretty good amount of kids uh, show up uh, for, for that game. Yeah, Ty kind of touched on it, but it's, when a team's having a hard time, is that the, the turnoff that, that people on social media and people that, you know, get on message boards and, you know, people think that you, it just really shuts down your recruiting completely. I mean, what's your experience talking with coaches and with kids and with parents? Um, is this last couple of weeks a, a turnoff and now people don't want to visit or they're no longer interested? What what kind of feedback do you, in general, just talking in generalities, does this create for Arkansas? I haven't heard any kids uh, uh, say anything about, uh, boy, this is kind of a, a turnoff. But, but it, obviously, the moment, um, whenever you win, uh, the conversations are always a little bit uh, more uh, uh, positive, and kids are a little bit more excited. But at the same time, there, you know, it, 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 a lot of it depends on your relationship with that kid. If you have, if you have a pretty good relationship. And you're you're a, a guy that uh, you know as a coach uh, can uh, you know connect with them. A lot of times that can overcome a, a negative uh, you know negative season or a negative few weeks. But at the same time, uh, it, it can uh, create. Usually, when, when you're on a winning streak, it's easier to get kids to your game. There's no doubt about that. But uh, at the same time, it, it, yeah, I think you you have to look at it at a case by case basis. Some kids uh, put a premium on uh, on winning, and 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 if you're kind of kind of close to get them on campus, and you go through a little bit of a winning uh, losing streak, I could kind of you know say, well, coach, I, I'm probably going to go see see somebody else or something. Uh, I've been talking to them for a while or something like that. Uh, but again, it's just uh, each individual is different, and uh, you know their uh, likes and dislikes about a situation. You know, as far as a team and and how they're doing uh, is different. Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, I had someone send me a link of 247's talent composite rankings, talks about high school kids on campus, transfer portal, and combines it all. It ranked the SEC teams. Arkansas is 13th in the rankings right now, only ahead of Vanderbilt. I mean, when you look at what's on this roster right now, do they have what it takes to compete in the SEC West the rest of the way? Well, obviously we're going to find out, but uh, I, I think uh, with what what you're facing now is, uh, you know, and I think every school has kind of faced it a little bit, but maybe even more so with Arkansas. You look at that first recruiting class uh, with Coach Pittman and, 
and staff, uh, none, there's not, not, none of the offensive linemen in that, uh, in that class are still on campus. Uh, and then, uh, in the first two classes, uh, Manuel is the only one that's in the two deep. Uh, so I think, I think we're seeing part of the reason why, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what, what's going on with Arkansas, especially on the offensive line is that those first two classes, only one guy is still on campus. And, uh, that right there is, uh, I think showing up. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you, you had Brad Davis, who was the, uh, offensive line coach the first two years, first two recruiting classes. Then he left, uh, uh, after the second year during the summer, uh, to, uh, LSU, mm-hmm. uh, the last few classes, you, you got, uh, Mania, uh, uh, Mania, uh, you got Harris, uh, you got, uh, you got Chambly, you got Kudas, uh, and then you got this last class, and obviously the last class is most, mostly gonna work, uh, redshirt, and then, then you have some holdovers from, uh, the Morris's, uh, class, so, uh, classes, so, yeah, that, I think, that's part of the reason why you're seeing maybe the lack of, uh, I mean, good depth on uh, the offensive line. Far as you know, as far as older guys, usually Arkansas's offensive line is much better when they're they got those third, fourth, fifth year guys on the offensive line, and then and, and you don't have that right now in, in some positions. And I think that's uh, you know a little bit of a disadvantage, obviously. Second-year guy, retro freshman Patrick Kudis, who you just referenced, Christian Brothers High School in Memphis. He might get called upon to be center this Saturday night. I know they practiced that a little bit. Richard, did he play that position in high school too, or is that something that they're just trying to tinker with with his skill set? Not that I'm no, 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 not not that I'm aware of. Now, now he he practiced at the center last year, mm-hmm. and he was kind of the backup then. So, I mean, he this is not uh, something. Different, but I mean, I, I do know. I remember going through uh, uh, some uh, notes uh, that he uh, he he was talked about having a possibility of playing playing center in college because he has a he has a physical makeup of, of, of a center along with his mental makeup. He's a very very uh, intelligent, high, high IQ football IQ guy. So I mean I think there'll obviously be a little bit of an adjustment uh, game situation if if he if he plays that position, but I think uh, long term I think he's probably going to be your guy, uh, especially with Limber uh, you know leaving after this year. So uh, I, I, he's he's definitely capable, and I, I think that's probably a good move because obviously he's going to have help have help at center if uh, you know if he, if he doesn't in, indeed uh, play that position versus being out on an island. Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Artie, what, what's your take on all this social media stuff? Coach taking his account down, other things going on with social media. Is this, is this more of a media story? Does this have an actual real effect uh, in the world that you cover? Uh, you know, negativity is always uh, not good uh, for a program, but at the same time, and they... Uh, you know, I, I was talking to a parent uh, the other day, and every parent said, uh, you know, and hey, let's face it, the criticism is, is fine, but some of the craziness is uh, uh, obviously just, it's not good. I mean, it's just, uh, some some people just don't know how to, 
to uh, communicate their frustration without uh, taking personal shots or or even making threats uh, uh, through DMs and stuff like that. I'm not saying that that's happening, but uh, that, that you know that every fan base uh, has that, and we see that through, throughout the country, and we, we we see reports. But I was talking to a parent, and, and he took it in stride that every every fan base has uh, has the extreme, and uh, and and I think that's probably what you're seeing with uh, some of the some of the fans and, and stuff like that. But as uh, far as, uh, you know, Coach Pittman not being on uh, Twitter, yeah, it's somewhat of unusual. But at the same time, you got to take care of yourself, especially when you're, you're folk trying to focus on the team. And, and uh, you know, some, some people will understand, some people don't understand. So uh, it's, it's, it's a little unusual. But at the same time, when you're going through, you know, a little bit of a uh, losing streak like Arkansas is. Uh, every fan base is going to be uh, upset, and they're going to let you hear it. Well, and and I'm sure when Alabama lost to Texas, there were some things that happened in that state on social media that uh, was probably less than desirable. And you know, it's one thing for a a 60 or 61 year old man who's uh, the head coach to deal with it. And, and, but when he was talking about you know being a counselor to some of his players, I mean, we we all think of these players as grown-ups they're they're you know because they're full-sized adults physically but emotionally that you know we anyone that's raised kids knows that hey <laughs> you don't you usually have it all figured out and when we look back on our own lives till you know somewhere in your mid to late 20s is when you kind of usually put it all together and there's a lot emotionally to deal with when people are i guess coming after you or attacking you or attacking your closest friends in the world on social media and the idea that these kids are just going to turn it off, put it down, not pay attention, I think is is also unrealistic as well. So there's there's another aspect to it that the coach has got to provide some kind of you know cushion or sounding board or however you want to phrase it to, for these players to, to emotionally deal with this. And I don't think that's exclusive to Arkansas. No, not at all. And, 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 and Sam was 100% right. Uh, obviously, 20, 30 years ago, you didn't have social media and whatever you went through a losing streak or something like that or, or some hard times. Uh, kids may get emails uh, if uh, people were able to find their emails. Uh, but uh, It was the letter to you, the editor that, that bothered you more than anything. When exactly. Someone, you wrote exactly. a letter to the newspaper and they published it. So, so it's it's a it's a lot lot different now because uh, if the kids have open DMs, which I, I'm sure some have probably closed their DMs, you know, to to, to people that are not their, their followers or or what have you. But uh, you 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 look at uh, what what's going on with bullying and and schools, and uh, this is exactly what it is uh, towards the athletes, but. You know, when we went to school, there was bullying, but it wasn't bullying at school. Was it bullying online? Uh, it, it is a different world, and and uh, then 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 you got cowards out there, cowards that uh, DM kids or or, or send uh, crazy threats or what have you towards these kids. Yeah, that that'll mess with you, and it'll mess with the parents too. I can promise you that. And uh, I, 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 I really wish, it, you know, we, we've heard of death threats uh, uh, at Ohio State, a few other, Notre Dame, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens at Arkansas and all the other schools in the country. 
I would like to see schools prosecute those guys. If you somehow you could find and uh, and and uh, track down people who send those threats, I'd like to see those uh, pro- people prosecuted. I really would. I well, think we we got to slow it down at some point. I I, I just handle a little different. If you want to attack that athlete, then and you want to make a threat, you're just brought to the football center and you got to say it to their face, and then whatever happens happens. Yeah. That'd stop it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that would stop it. But, I mean, uh, obviously they're cowards for a reason. And they're, yeah, exactly. And they're obviously not going to do that. But yeah. uh, I, I, I really would like to see uh, oh. uh, people like that prosecuted because they're, 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 they, they hide behind fake names and all that. They don't have the guts to, to put out their, their, their real name. And uh, they yeah. need to be exposed. And, and that, that would kind of slow slow it down a little bit. It wouldn't stop it, but it would slow it down a little yeah. bit. Go ahead, Mr. Porkjow. Tell Mr. Chamblee here what you think about his protection at left tackle. Oh, yeah. You stand back I mean, that, that, that's, that, that's the thing. That, Pork, that's what I try to tell people. 76, tell us what you think. That's what I tell people. I say, you know, I have a written rule to myself. If I wouldn't say it to a person's face, I'm not going to say it on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of these people, and I, I've had some conversations with uh, some people uh, about that. And it's, oh, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. Now no, no, you're a coward. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. Sorry. That's probably fair. Richard, we appreciate your time this morning, man. We'll do it again next week, hopefully after an Arkansas win in Oxford. All right, guys. Take care. All right, back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Sardis, Arkansas, where our friend Melvin is this morning. Melvin, welcome back in, buddy. Oh, Davenport and Light be on some stuff that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty frustrating, really. Sam's a great offensive line coach, and there's no, uh, there's no lineman from the first two recruiting classes. Huh? Uh, next thing he said was this, you know, this, you hear a lot of this cross training. It ain't work. How come you don't go get a center from the United States that can hide the ball like you want him to and get guards that are guards and tackles that are tackles and stop trying to uh, put a round peg in a square hole? Do you ever think that could be part of the problem? They overthinking. They think they're smarter than what they really are. I mean... A man that's played guard his whole life seems like it's going to be better than a guy that's floating around from, huh? But here, here's the only push. A lot of times when you're the best lineman on your high school team, you have to play left tackle if you've got a right-handed quarterback because you're the best one to protect the blind side of your quarterback, depending on your offense. Oftentimes, you see guys that are the quarterback on their high school team, right, Melvin? But they get to college and they play a different spot because they're not a college quarterback, but they were the best athlete on their team. I, I think your point's got some validity to it, but I think it also depends on the size of school you came out of because generally if you're good enough to play in the SEC, you're probably the biggest and best lineman on your high school team, which probably in, in theory makes you the left tackle, not a guard because they got guys that are just a little bit smaller and can play that interior because generally that's you want the smaller, quicker guy inside and the biggest Fastest foot, uh, fastest and fleet of foot guy outside, right? Well, but I, my comment is though, if you're a great offensive line coach, yeah, you be, should you kind of see where that where that man be playing when he joins your team? I mean, I, I ain't saying you got to be perfect, but shouldn't you have a? Hey, did you have did you have Ty picked out for a brain surgeon or a radio host? Thank God, a radio uh, host. Uh, is there a third option? 
Yeah, thank you. I, Melvin, I, I get your I, I get your point. And I, I think if we look at the four years that Sam yeah. Pittman's been here, you would think that he would have one elite offensive line. Two years ago, they led the Power 5 reference in the open, but they still haven't had an equivalent to what they had in 2015. Maybe next year, I don't know. They definitely don't have it this year. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Jimmy is in Conway, Arkansas this morning. Jimmy, welcome to the Morning Rush, buddy. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, I've got an issue with what Coach said. uh, What you played while ago, you know, he... He doesn't want to step on anybody's toes. You know, that's uh, that sounds like some inexperience to me. This is his team. Uh, if they don't perform, it's his head. Let me, Jimmy, let me say and, that. that. That is what's being said publicly. Yeah. That's, it's a whole different it, world privately and in practice. And, that, his, and his actions have spoken differently the way he overhauled the strength and conditioning staff. He's made, you know, changes on, I mean, this is what the first time since he's been here you've had your D line coach back for two years in a row. Correct. I mean, Jimmy, he's been willing to make changes. He can say what he wants to kind of fit his public persona, but he's been a hard butt when he's had to be and and, and let people go when he's needed to. Do you not think he would get a lot more support if he came out and said, I am going to get this fixed? We're going to get it fixed. Instead of saying, I'm not going to touch it, I'm going to let. Him do it, you know. Well, that's Chad Morris say something kind of along those lines. Yeah, and and Jimmy, he didn't. So what he he said in regards to again, he was asked about the question of his basically his hand presence during practice and games, and he said he was less hands off during the course of a game, and he more hands on during practice. And if you've watched any like any clips online uh, when he is in practice, I mean, earlier this week, I know Hogbeat had a great clip of him very much in the midst of the offensive line this is a guy again he is there's it's one thing what coaches and players say publicly they don't want to cause a rift in the locker room they don't want to cause a rift in the in the coaching directive but what they do privately or in practice is completely different and the other thing is regardless of what he said you've lost three straight you're going to be mad at him and i understand that i i I do because i i was ticked off after the byu game sad after LSU, disappointed after A&M. 
But it doesn't matter what Sam says. People are going to be frustrated with it regardless, I think. Amen, brother. No. If they win on Saturday, you don't really care what he says after the game. You're just happy they won. Now, hopefully, again, he'll be like, this This is a good start. We need what he said, Jimmy, is like, we just got to get one. And he's right. I think, again, KJ and this the rest of the team feels that way. And hopefully they do. So Just, just don't come out. What was it, Chad said? I am the guy? It, it, or something, something along. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. But, I mean, strong statements and, and trying to be in a position of strength and what you presented, and, you know, that doesn't always mean the results he are going to follow. Everyone gets a said something to the extent of everyone gets a vote and I get one more vote yeah, than yeah, everyone else. Too. Yeah, uh, again, there. I am the guy. And, and Sam may be like that in the in the locker room and in the in the coaches' room, but publicly, that's not the persona. And I don't know if that's the one you necessarily want to take. That feels insecure to me when you have to bang the gavel and say that every once it's in a while. It's just not who he's been for the previous three seasons. I don't I don't know why he'd change that yeah. as far as the media. But I, we've all heard enough, talked to enough people. Talk to people that have been in and now exited the program. Sam leads this program. There's no doubt internally who's in charge. You don't want your leader to throw people under the bus. You don't no. want to. You don't want them to do that. We saw that with Chad Morris. He threw his players under the bus. I mean that that doesn't help. Yeah, doesn't add anything. I know. And, and a lot of these words. I mean, let's be. A lot of things that are said in press conferences are just bluster. Yeah. I no. mean, I mean, it, it, they just are. You know, and, that, and that's not just with Sam. That's everywhere. Big uh, Big Mike has phoned in this morning. Big Mike, welcome in, buddy. Hey, y'all talking about it Taylor Swift. I figure Kansas City fans probably mad at her because she goes through boyfriends like people go through socks. I figure if she dumps him about December and he falls apart, there's going to be a lot of people mad as hell. <laughs> well, well, the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs haven't looked good. As for the Razorbacks, well, they probably won't win much this year. We usually have a couple of good years and decent years. Then we have some bad years. Then we go back and have a couple of good years. So that's the way I feel about that. I still listen to them, watch them, and all that. But yeah, wait, see what happens. You know, if she does, it goes through her usual thing where the boyfriend's gone. See if he falls apart. I'll talk to y'all later. All right, thanks, Big Mike. Yeah, Taylor Swift has dated a, a number of different celebrities. Travis is honestly probably lower on that list. He is, quote-unquote, as you're saying, dating up than she, and she's probably dating down relative to who she has dated in the past at this point. I know you have an illustrious history yeah, of, mean, you, and knowledge of that, don't sure. you? Uh, yeah, hopefully sure. uh, <laughs> hopefully this doesn't continue. But Man, how would you, with, I mean, how would... We we can't even understand that kind of fishbowl that you live in, where people are even having the con the, the words you just said. Well, there you know you got to rank the celebrity status of the of the people that's on. You know, I've heard other people the roster. You know, I've heard that <laughs> referred to with like Jeter and other people. You know, come on, let's get you know. I just can't imagine living in that world where everything is so scrutinized well, because you're that big a celebrity. Laura was Holy probably moly. very drawn to your uh, celebrity status yeah. when you were doing radio. That's probably one of the reasons she married you. Because right after of the, my good looks. The, yeah. the, the social aspect. Absolutely. The, uh, one thing it has done is it's taken the heat off of, or the spotlight off of Patrick Mahomes' wife. And you know, all that. Thank goodness. All that annoying stuff that she likes <sighs> to do. Uh, the I, I uh, the, uh, Patrick I love Patrick I'm not a Chiefs fan I love Patrick Mahomes but Brittany Jackson I'm not I'm not necessarily with the rest of that family Patrick is about as as fun to watch and as fun to listen to as it gets but the rest of that family I'm 
not the biggest fan sub. All right, let's get back to football. So we, we've had questions again about the offensive line and the, the changes to this point. I'll, I want to go back to something that Coach Pittman said about Patrick Kudis and some of the other adjustments you might see on the offensive line Saturday night. It's been good. I mean, we made a couple of adjustments up front. Those guys are handled it well. The main thing is being able to make sure PK is building confidence, uh, getting his confidence level up each and every day, uh, him getting back at center and making sure everybody's on the right page as far as communication with him and me telling them just, you know what I'm saying, take it one play at a time, start with the snap first, and then just let your confidence build up and just let your instincts take over at that point. That's obviously KJ not coach there, but just talking last night about the adjustment for a young underclassman who's transitioning. He played backup center last year, if you listen to Richard, in hour one, and now could play it on Saturday night. The adjustment with them moving some pieces around to this point. That would mean Bo Limber is not going to be playing center anymore. And uh, Cam Ball was asked about some of the changes he saw on the offensive line. He's one of your defensive tackles. Here's what Cam said about practice and what he's seen the last two days. I think they'll handle it well. Kudis was playing some center in the spring. Brady, he's very versatile. He can play tackle well. And, you know, I saved the best for last because when it comes to Bo Limmer going back to guard, man, it's a scary thing. And I haven't seen it in a while. So when we did have like a good on good period today and I seen it for the first time, I had to, you know, buckle my chin strap a little extra because Bo doesn't have to worry about getting the ball back to KJ anymore. So he can just come off full blast. I'm not an offensive line expert, but I think it's fair to say Bo Limmer is probably a better guard than he is center, Tommy. I would just... But that may be true, but the other question that has to be asked, is he the best center on your team? Yeah. I mean, that you, you may be right that he's a better guard than center, but is he the best center you have available? Because I've never known very many offensive lines that were really good that had a bad center. No, you're right. I had someone that was deficient at center. Yeah, you, you know, got a gap to your left and right, and you got to snap the ball. You better be strong there. So you may be right about him, guard. I don't know, but if he's the best option you got on the roster to snap the ball and to to run things from the middle, then then he's then he is your center. Yeah. Period. And we no think, other option. We think about one of the best rushing attacks we've ever seen with Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis. You know, Zankin, your center, a Remington Award winner, and Jonathan Leagues, and had some other good offensive linemen there as well. So, well, had a run there for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I mean Andrews, Peters. I remember talking with Marcus. I mean, just at center. Oh, just at center. Who are some? You have got a better rolodex on that off the top of your head outside Leagues. Who's? Yeah, well, I, I think mean, Ragnow at one point, mm-hmm. but who's you got to help me in the two thousand? Wait, wait, was it PA? Which one? Yeah, it went to Blasky Academy. Yeah, so I mean, you had. Two or three candidates there uh, at a time for um, um, for the Remington Award. So, I mean, that was kind of an area kind of like tied in. You always seem to find somebody that was an elite center of it. Um, again, I go back to, to what you're saying. Yeah, he may be better suited to move left to right to guard, but if you don't have anyone better than him at center, then he, he is your center. Yeah, it's all for naught at this point. And I know it's been frustrating to a certain extent watching this offense at times this season, and, and I get that. It's it's hard not to be. Even KJ has been frustrated to a certain extent. That's pretty frustrating at times, of course. I mean, just knowing that we have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, and when things not going our way, it kind of get frustrating at times. But it's football. I mean, it's a roller coaster. I mean, so we want, the main thing we want to try to take control of the roller coaster and stay level headed, stay neutral, make sure we bring everybody close together, and just stay together is the main part when we hit adverse situations. Just coming together as a team and bonding as one. So on the offensive side, I mean, it do get frustrating at times, but as long as we keep our heads and keep chopping away. I mean, it's going to eventually start falling in our favor.
And we saw in the A&M game a frustrated K.J. Jefferson, and for good reason. He was sacked seven times. There were 15 tackles for loss, communication issues that he talked about after the game. I don't know how much of a change for the better you'll see on Saturday night. I'm hoping that's the case. But with potential changes to the offensive line, you're going to have some bumps again on Saturday. It's just hopefully not the amount that you had against the Aggies. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at GoPascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. This past segment, we were talking about our potential high school player of the week. And Tommy, we have KB in Russellville texting on the McCarty Daniel hotline that apparently TJ Brogdon had five touchdowns just in the first half alone last week. So again, we've got some good nominees this week. If you want to go to hitthatline.com. And vote for those. All right, time to get into our hog update this morning. Arkansas lost three games in a row. How is the team approaching that to this point? Here's defensive tackle Cam Ball, and hey, we've been here before. Our freshman year, you know, we did lose three in a row, and Coach Pittman put a, a little worry together with the four Bs. I don't know if anybody remember that, but we went on a run and finished nine and four. So that's basically what we're looking to do here instead of lose another game. But also at the time, we just have to get our first win just to get things back rolling. No one expects this team to finish fine at nine and four. At least I don't. Maybe there's a really, really optimistic Hog fan out there that believes that's the case, but. You can't let go of the rope at this point. I'm hoping you'll see a solid bounce-back performance against Ole Miss after probably your worst performance of the season in Dallas. We'll just have to wait and see till 6.30 Saturday night. Seven games left. Uh, what is it, two and three now? So is getting to six and six really the realistic like ceiling? I'm not saying they're going to go six and six, but I mean, if, you, if you're being a realistic fan with seven games to go and the record's two and three, Mm-hmm. It's just getting bowl eligible like, all right. All home wins, most likely. All road losses. I, I think you'd take them any way you can get them right now, right? Yeah. End up in the Birmingham Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying eight's off the table in my head. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to see like improvement, obviously, in the offense and just, you know, something for next year. Because if Enos, you know, is 
if this coaching staff stays intact, you just want to see improvement all all year. Yeah. And improvement needs to translate to wins. I think of people course. are listening right now are tired of moral victories. I get your point, but there are no yeah. At this point, you won't win. People, so, are just, I mean, right now when you look at the seven games left, there's two teams that you'd feel like, hey, we're on even footing going into the game. State and Florida International. I'm, I can't even put Auburn right there right now. Wouldn't you? Would you say Auburn's slightly ahead of where Arkansas is at? I mean, the way they played Georgia. The I know they got drummed by A um, and M the week before, but I mean, I, Auburn's be, put a better product on the field to this yeah. point. That'll be a really competitive game. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying Arkansas can't win that game. They got a good defensive line almost yearly at Auburn, so it's that's going to pose yeah. a problem, obviously. But Missouri's better. I mean, not. It sounds tastes bitter coming out of my mouth, but Missouri's a better football team. You got right a now. chance to beat LSU this weekend. Hogball says he's thinking two wigs, two wins the rest of the season. As he texts in on the yeah. McCarty Daniel hotline, be miserable. Will from Mount Home says they need to ship Danny and us to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> We've had some some hot takes about Danny Nos this week. We had week. someone calling yesterday saying to halftime saying Pittman needs to stop wearing black shirts I'm like oh my gosh the man can't the the man can't I'm saying the man can't do anything right that's the point to the fan base it's like they're looking for anything it goes with the territory of being a head coach in college football I mean probably sporting a black shirt this morning what what you know what what difference does yeah you know I mean you wear black because it's more slimming right (laughs) you know I, I don't I don't I don't understand (laughs) <laughs> Why some people pick on the things they pick on. If you want to have a football, it's like he said, if you want to have a football conversation, fine. Getting all personal, I don't, that's not for me. I like my Saturday Reds. Tigers, the Sunday Reds. I like my Saturday Reds. I mean, if, I mean, that's what I sport. Is the color of the shirt the coach is wearing really no. relevant to any conversation about the to team? I mean, no. it's just, that's, that's the craziness that drives people out of this game at times and, and makes you shut down your Twitter. Account. I don't know what coaches wear tonight. I know KJ Jefferson will probably be looking good. Him and Jaheen Thomas are the guests on Sam Pittman Live. Again, you can always listen to it right here on ESPN Thomas Arkansas. And, did you say KJ? KJ and Jaheen Thomas, Ooh, correct. So it's pretty there. big. Yeah. Jaheim's been probably your most consistent defensive player this season. Leads the team in tackles to this point. And then, of course, number one. Always brings in a crowd, and I know this game means a lot to him mm-hmm. this week. I do want to mention, I, I I misspoke earlier this week. I thought the Blessings Collegiate was Wednesday through Friday. It's It was Monday through today. Arkansas's women and men's team have shot through 36 holds, two-round records at the yeah. event. The men's team right now is minus 13, and then the women's team is 11 odor. They're both dominating. Well, the fields your home course, home course. You, home course, you should play well. It's, I think, one of the only collegiate events, maybe the only one where you'll see both men and women playing in the same event. And then they also, at this event, put the team on. So if you want to go follow the Razorbacks, their their players are grouped together. So it's mm-hmm. it's a unique event and also the setup of the way it goes with how the teams are grouped and also both men and women's teams out there. So, yeah, I'd be disappointing if you didn't play well in your home course. Yeah, so that's, a, uh, again, going on the rest of the day. Last thing here, red-white game tonight. Again, gets going at 6.30. Eric Musselman starts talking to the crowd, 6.40 introductions, and it begins free admission, free parking in lots west of Razorback Road and in lots 44. It's in Barnhill Arena tonight. Do you think you could name every single player on this picture? If they... No. Uh, no, not You're still yet. getting accustomed and used to, again, we'll see the exhibition game during the bye week against Purdue, but they've split up the teams already.
to this point as well. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it'll be fun. I mean, you got that going on. You got Sam Pittman Live, like you said, going on. There, we had a question earlier about radio for the red-white game. No. We'll have the Sam Pittman show on. There is no radio broadcast for it. So, uh, the Purdue game is really going to be the, the kickoff, I think, even though that's an exhibition game. That's where people really, I mean, have a chance to dial in and, and really watch something that that uh, you can sink your teeth into. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Tommy, it's National Cinnamon Roll Day. Are you a with icing or without icing guy? Ooh, I can go both ways, but that icing and it and it's warm and kind of gooey, that's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. With milk. Ooh. I mean, mo- most have icing. I mean, mm-hmm. Calico County in Fort Smith has some really good cinnamon rolls. Theirs do not have icing. But, boy, you get the heart of that thing out, the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. It's also National Golf Day. What's the best golf course you've ever played? Ooh. Well, I'd have to think about that for a minute. Best ever. Not Augusta National. They wouldn't let me they on. Not, they have not yeah. let you on to this point. Mm. I guess you could to separate that into two categories, one inside the state of Arkansas, one outside the state of Arkansas. Played some really good ones down there where Bruce stands at in the Destin area. There's some good courses down there. Played most of those. We really enjoyed our, our time when we played outside, probably 30, 40 minutes outside of Santa Rosa. We played a really nice golf course. Enjoyed our time in Charleston playing out there. Again, we have to, I have to factor in the fact that I'm horrible, but it's still fun. So I balance that out. I just like open fairways. The South Carolina course was a lot of fun. It's kind of, I think it was called Patriot Point. I'd like to say a lotion. I just need someone to take to me. take you yeah. to there at that point. You know, we're going to have Brett Norsworthy join us on Friday. Brett uh, does radio in Memphis, is an Arkansas graduate, also is the pre and post game for Ole Miss. He gets to go there every once in a while. Yeah. He's told me about it. You got to have a you got to have a connection there. You don't just uh, there is no daily fee. <laughs> you don't walk up and get a tea time there. We are blessed, uh, I think, in the state of Arkansas to have some really nice golf courses. I I again. Contrary to popular belief, I was not a country club kid, but I did get an, an opportunity to play in some nice golf courses like Chennault and, and Pleasant yeah. Valley, Northwest Arkansas, he Shadow grew up Valley, on the Seventh Fairway, there, folks. Pinnacle. Yeah. I'm about as middle class as it gets. Yeah. Uh, I I personally, Upper from a whatever sentimental standpoint, mine was War Memorial. It's a terrible that course, not, but it's just that so is much. Not the nicest I just had so much in. fun. We just had so much fun every time we went out there. For you some, like it because you can play with your shirt off and your hat you on. Legitimately, you legitimately could. It, you it, well, if you had care. your shirt on, you didn't fit in. There was no dress attire out there. It was, it was incredible. So I would say, from a sentimental aspect, not the nicest course, but I man, I love playing out there. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry!
Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. Clay, we've got 60-degree Temp- kickoff temperatures for Saturday night in Oxford. I know this team's ready to respond after a poor performance in Dallas. I know I'm ready to get down there, and I know you're ready for to see them bounce back a little bit, especially offensively, too. Yeah, I always have to kind of, in my mind, where are we going? What's the press box like? What's the required where? Because there's some that are open, and there's some that are closed, and there's some that used to be open that are closed, like Auburn. So you have to you know, you have to kind of think about it, and it's the worst thing that can happen is you get there and you forgot, oh, my gosh, it's November and we're in Starkville and it's going to be 36 degrees with a 20-mile-an-hour wind, and that's an open-air press box. So so you're fortunate you're going to be in a closed press box, I think, unless they've blown it up in, in Oxford. We saw uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm done. Go ahead. We saw weather impact this game last year. Ole Miss didn't look like they were ready for the temperatures that they walked into Fayetteville. I don't know how much of an impact. I mean, you take 60 degrees at kickoff. That's uh, football weather. Yeah, that's it, it's great weather. But w- the impact I see initially is the health of the two running backs. Rocket Sanders still coming off his injury. We got to see him for the first time since the season opener. Quinshaw Judkins had a tremendous performance. Time with 33 carries, 170 yards, or something like that against LSU. It was awesome. Um, that's a that's a. I know they're not pitted against one another every play, but that's a matchup you have to be looking forward to on Saturday night. Thirty-three, well, one seventy-seven, and a touchdown. Yeah. Well, last year you couldn't help but keep track of what they were doing, and you know, Rocket got way ahead. You know, they were going for the you know for the regular season rushing record, and, mm-hmm. or not record, but lead, and you know. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't have much success in the last quarter and a half because everybody knew they weren't going to pass. I'm talking about Arkansas. And Ole Miss came out. Um, you know, we're, we're talking offense. Uh, you know, it's, you've got to be good on special teams. You know, it's like, will that ball explode off of uh, Cam Little's foot on kickoffs? And can he, you know, take their kickoff team out? Because hopefully you're scoring a lot of touchdowns and you're kicking a lot of, a lot of uh, kickoffs. And then you're going to have to get some stops. They did that mm-hmm. in the first half, and maybe they don't get punts. Maybe they get turnovers, and that's what this game has turned on uh, the last few years. And uh, they've been fun to watch. If you know, if you you don't want to get up and leave the room because there might be two touchdowns scored. I mean, it just it, it really might. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm looking forward to it, and I think. I think Arkansas will, will have a bounce back. And, I, and you're right in everything that you've said leading up to, you know, to this time with me and that KJ, he does get juiced for this game. It's, yeah. It's what, third, Sardis is 30 miles from Oxford or thereabouts. Yeah, give or take. And Coach Bittman touched on that earlier this week. Here's what he said about KJ's mentality. It was after the LSU game, and I was just talking about we got to stay together. we got to get better. And when I got through, he said, Coach, we've been here before. And it made me feel good, like we've lost two games in a row before and we've come back. And, and he said it in front of the team. So 
Our team, I think, is resilient. I believe they are, and we'll find out as the weeks keep going. But we've got a lot of football left, and to be honest with you, we need one. We need to get one. And Clay, we saw he he wasn't as much of an impact player last year because Rocket just toted the ball over and over and, and kept on scoring. But two seasons ago, in the best college football game of the year, according to ESPN, I mean, you could tell how much he wanted that one, and they, they came a two-point conversion away from getting it. Yeah, it was uh... – it was a weird game in that, you know, Arkansas would take six plays, eight plays, ten plays. You know, this would take one or two. Yeah. And, and it would be, okay, we're right back out here. And, you know, hey, boys, defense, we need to, we need y'all to stay on the field a little. It's usually the other way around. Uh, you want the offense to stay on the field, rest the defense. You know, you get the, you got the feeling that some of those offensive line guys were dragging a little bit. Uh, and you're right. There were a shovel pass away from uh, from winning that game. You know, I wonder if if uh, this might be a game where you see a little bit more of Dominic Johnson. You know, maybe tied in. You know, they're not saying that. They're not telling us what. And I certainly don't go to any practices anymore. <laughs> but they're they've got to do something different at tight end. And I, you know, it might be gums. Might be some H back stuff with Dominic. Yeah. I was just wondering, you know, because they were moving Haas around kind of like they did sure. Hunter Henry years ago, putting him in, in a slot or bringing him in, you know. I, I think they, they, call it, they call it a sniffer. Or some some teams do, some coaches do, where you're, you're kind of that guy or they put you in motion. I mean, utility player is what, is what I just, I think, sums it up. And uh, Dominic could, could maybe be in that role. I, I don't know how much you'd line him up next to a tackle just to – to chip off a defensive end, though. Yeah, how big is he? I mean, is he, he's more of a pass catcher, isn't he? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Six one. Yeah, he's I not mean, a two fifty. He's not a Nathan Bax type, you mm-hmm. know, size guy. Um, but you know that flexes him out. Um, yeah, they they've got to get more production with their wide receivers. You know that that's always part of the answer. Is okay if you lose something here, maybe you you know maybe you don't replace all of that with one guy. Maybe, you know, maybe the ball goes in some other places, but it's, um, listen, they've got to get, and we're, we're just, you know, we're kind of dancing around the Bless your heart. <coughs> elephant in the room is we got to get those tackles playing better, and they've addressed that. We'll see, you know, how Brady Latham does, you know, out there at right tackle, and can uh, Devin Manuel and Andrew Shambly, yeah. maybe they step up a little bit on left tackle, but they they got to be better at their tight ends and helping in the run game, blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, you know, we're all jacked up about quarterback sneaks or whatever, but they just they've got whatever play they call, they got to execute better than what they've yeah. done uh, at some points this year. And I thought Coach said something that you know. I don't think it's been discussed enough. At least we haven't talked about it enough. I think we hit on it once. But moving Devin Manuel off the tackle slot's not an option because mentally he's behind because he missed so much of camp. He needs the reps there. Physically, to get, too. Yeah, yeah, but he needs the reps to catch up with the with the routine and, and reacting and not thinking. And so taking him out of that role and, and moving that piece on the chessboard's not going to help a thing. So, I mean, you also got – the repetition part of it here, Clay, that, that some of these guys got to learn to spot, and um, you know, there's there's so many reps you got to have in order to master it. It's going to be loud. Uh, those folks, you know, that that's I always say that, 
you know, when you're going to the Grove, 11 o'clock is the best time to play those guys. And, uh, you know, they'll have the chandeliers out. You know, Ty, Ty, you roll through the Grove, don't you? I mean, there's some scenery there that's worth it. There's no question about it. I love Fayetteville, Arkansas, but uh, I don't know if Oxford, Mississippi is, is topped when it comes to, to scenery in what that They, uh, they redshirt uh, Miss America's there. Is that, what, is that the old phrase? Yeah, I, yeah I got some, uh, you know, got some intel, and I need you to go after 25 and above, okay? <laughs> 25 and above, okay. But yeah, my, I mean... You know, I mean, just think about for your future wife. You, when you get to sixty-five, you don't want her having. You, you know, you want her to get to Social Security too. You don't want to have to wait on her. <laughs> That's a great point. I mean, I know you don't think about these things, but they're real. Just trust me, You're Tommy. Am I telling the truth? Thousand percent. Yeah. So when you when you're picking your mate, you know, one or two years either way. That's that's how you do it. And uh, and the other part about it is 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 that young one that you pick now, she may not want to care for you when you're 66, 67, 68. She may say, I I think I'm going after the, you know, the 52 year old. Yeah. And just trust me, you guys got all these these uh, attorneys on on the hook here. And just ask them what kind of cases they're representing. It's like it's those young women leaving those old men. Yeah. Well, I hope that whoever I do choose. You never thought about that, did you? No, it's. I've actually talked to a few of my friends that are in that age range. And Go after them the same age that you are. There's some pretty ones out there. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, but. Back to the what's going on at Vaught Hemingway. Rather he just than, needs one to go after hey, him. Anybody like. wonders what we're talking about? <laughs> Ty ended up having a couple of dates at Baton Rouge with the, with a young one, right? Yeah, he's twenty two. Okay, twenty two. Yeah, uh, he's and you're and you're what thirty six? Close <laughs> twenty twenty eight. Yeah. I wished I wished you would act your age. Yeah. Yeah. The, re, the receding hairline trick play again. Yeah. No, but the, but the point of the story is that that the Grove is fun, and I know you'll enjoy it. Yeah, we uh, we've got our tailgate set up, and uh, I'm excited. I've been back there in eight years, so excited to get that. I'm excited. To you see got it. a tailgate set up? We do. Yeah, we. Uh, so tell me something unique about your tailgate. What y'all have got planned? It could be food. Be tablecloths. You got tablecloths, right? Yeah, our friends got to have them. Our chandeliers, not chandeliers. Our friends' ma, our parents have a full menu of what they're making. That there's like 15 items. Good. It's uh, it's all right. Somebody else is in charge. That's a really good thing. Yeah, it's pretty lavish stuff. Um, but. Again, I I remember what. Are happened. you bringing anything? Or are you just going to show? I them, paid money. Are you going to show them freeload? Oh, you I gave them contributed s- money. Okay. Hey, Tommy, you're going to get the receipt. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do I that for yeah. for I a tailgate, pl- but you're going to get one. I'll put it in this expense report. Mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, do it'll my be own hidden money. somewhere. It'd be hidden. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty open about the expense report. I don't hide anything. I'm straightforward. This is what I spent <laughs> down at this place. Hey, there's going to be a meal in Memphis that he's got a receipt for. <laughs> for hundred Check the date. Yeah. Check the date because mm. it might not be on this weekend. I'll get my uh, I'll get my good reading glasses on when I approve. No this question. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be. Hey, this is all. We're, we're you know I'm getting away from the main subject, but it's going to be a fun game, and I think Arkansas play well, and I know people are. You know, they're, they're discombobulated right now, confused, because it's not what they thought they were going to see. Got a lot of new players. They're still – they look like they're behind and, and bringing them all together. And I don't think 
you know, they're not going to be mad at me for saying that because it's pretty obvious that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. They just yeah. hadn't got a mess yet. Okay. Offensive line and, you know, it's uh, playing guys that we – Guys, I got, I got to keep the the roster out there by my chair when I'm watching on TV. Like, who's you know who who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I you know, and as soon as I look up, I yeah, I remember him. I just hadn't memorized the numbers yet. So you know, we we started the conversation with the offensive line and and moving those pieces around. We were talking about it during a break, and I wanted to you know run this past you. Some of these moves is to get more experience next to inexperience, so that when there is a a, a motion or a stem from the defensive line, there can be that verbal and nonverbal communication, communication. of not, not miss an assignment. Some of this about moving experience out to where it, it can help the younger player. Yeah, and, and especially when you're playing on the road, the noise level, and you say something, you think you're loud enough, and you probably were, and you you see hand signals. I watch on the NFL, and you you, you see those guys up front. They're, they're making – They'll make hand signals when they line up, and almost at the snap, they're you know they're make they're pointing another direction, and it's like no, I we thought we're that I was going to reach for that guy, I'm going the other way. I'm going to reach for that guy because they just moved, and that's what's going on. And they're a young offensive line or an immature offensive line. They give them a lot of stuff, and the only way that you're going to get through all this is just to keep playing and uh, I think Patrick Kudis has played some center before and that might be his position of the future don't know um, but Brady Latham has seen it all he knows uh, you know he's he should be able to react but they've got to get their edges better and Devin Manuel is the guy on that offensive line that if you say five years from now what's his ceiling it's the highest but he doesn't always play like that right now. And I, you know, I talked to Cody Kennedy in August, and it was a day that, uh, you know, I watched Devin Manuel with Tommy Tice for about ten snaps, and then he was nowhere to be seen for about two and a half, three weeks. And you know, Cody was really high on him and said his ceiling is high, and but he'll, he probably will make a bonehead. He didn't use that word, but he he'll probably. You know, have some mess ups, you know, and so will Kudis, and that's materialized, and probably more so than they thought, particularly at left side because Manuel has missed practice and he's missed games. And it, he's, and it's not just that he's missing practice, it's because he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not full speed and you ask your body to do something, I mean, and I got aches and pains all over my body, and I just I don't know what what it's like for a football player. Yeah, I think the so. uh, uh, the remedy in, during the course of the season doesn't always work when you're having to to battle it out each week. So. Yeah, but but I think he might be the best one, and he's certainly the best one for long term. And you saw Andrew Shambly; he's still young, he's still learning. Um, I know that Dan Enos, when he came here, part of the reason was that he looked at these young offensive linemen and knew that in time he would have what he needed and it would be a Sam Pittman offensive line. It just hadn't happened quite as fast as probably any of us, including those coaches, thought it would. You were talking about the defense earlier. Here's Coach talking about the improvement he's seen from Ta- Travis Williams' squad. We're giving less and less explosives. We're where we're supposed to be. I think our guys are really taken to the fellas, and I believe in them and things of that nature. And I just think they're playing hard and they're playing sound football. And 
we have a few more players depth-wise than what we had last year allowing us to do that, I think. Depth's going to be tested a little bit this week. Probably a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Dwight McLaughlin probably out. Uh, we'll see about Tashad Stewart and John Morgan as well. So you're going to have to see that to this point. I mean, you look at A&M in the second half, Clay, only one field goal. Um, and, uh, again, you had the interception. You had a return for a touchdown. You had the special teams touchdown. I mean, defensive-wise, you did everything. Now, first half was bad, but you got to put in a bad situation at the tail end of the half. But second half, they were pretty much a stone wall for most three forced turnovers. Offense just didn't help them out. Yeah, and you had the same kind of situation at LSU, but it was just flipped. You know, you had pretty good first half. Um, in fact, what, 27, 20, well, 29 minutes are really good. You give up the touchdown, you know, on the 48-yard pass, 49, yeah. whatever it was on the last, next to last play of the of the half. And, you know, that, that, that flipped the momentum, and that was a bad play, guys. I mean, that was... That was more than just giving up seven. It's where you gave it up, and it's also frustrating because it's right after you scored and you thought, we're going to the locker room, and we got control of the game, and we played a great half. And and you could have sent LSU to the locker room thinking, they smoked us, and what are we going to do? And, it, you know, and, you know, then they get the ball first, and you, you – you know the game. The game is completely different the rest mm-hmm. of the half. Woke the crowd well, up too. Yeah, in it's uh, so what. This is really simple, but it's hard to do. You can win at Ole Miss if your offense is consistent. You don't turn it over. Don't have penalties, which they proved. They set the standard last week. Now maybe they should have held a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any old penalties. Maybe yeah. they should have grabbed them a few times. Well, I thought if we fixed that, that uh, you know they'd win the game. That yeah, you know, that's clearly not all there is that uh, <laughs> that goes into it. Hey, we're brought to you by can't Ryan. give a can't give a pick six. Nope. Can't have a punt return. Can't have penalties. Then you're in the game. Yep, got to take care of the football as well. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.